0: That was chapter 7, verse 180 of the Quran, recited by the great and late reciter, Abdul Basit Abdul Samad, and this is the Islam Reexamined Podcast, welcome. This verse forms the basis of our discussion today, which is going to focus on the 99 names of Allah, or specifically, where is it, or how is it, that we find Allah in the world around us, in everyday life? How can we see, so to speak, or feel, or know the presence of Allah. Well, this is described to us through God's 99 names, His attributes, and how He teaches us to understand Him. And it is through this, and a closer examination of the world, that we will each be able to individually experience God. And to God belongs the most beautiful, the most good of names. And the verse continues, So call Him by them, and leave those who deviate in His names leave those who abuse his name. And finally the verse ends with, they shall be recompensed, or they shall be punished, or given what they have earned for what they have been doing. So there's a lot in this verse, Verse, and again this is chapter 7, verse 180 of the Holy Quran. So there's a lot here. First it starts with the statement, to God belongs the most beautiful of names. And so we'll look at what these names are and what it could be meant when God says this. Second part of this verse is a commandment, is an instruction for how we must live our lives. And we must understand this instruction is simultaneously being given to the people of the prophet's community. So it is a very direct instruction to them and they can understand it in one very clear and precise way. But it is also an instruction given to us, the modern reader who comes 1400 years later. And of course 1400 years later, we must interpret this verse as it is meant for us and not for the people of Islamic Arabia, although that context is still useful to us. And this instruction says, call on us, call on Allah with those names. So maybe this is literal. I'm sure it is literal, use those names in referring to and speaking to and calling to Allah. And we'll look at Imam Ali in his Dua kumel, where he does exactly this. And he also instructs, leave those who deviate in the matter of his names, in his name. So when they invoke God, how do they do it? Is it with these beautiful names? Now, this verse in the time of the Prophet is actually referring to people who would purposefully alter the names and attributes of God, whether it was to rename their own idols, or whether it was in mocking the prophet, and mocking the community, and in fact, even mocking God openly. But in today, when we think about it today, we have to understand the essence of those names. What is the purpose for which people live their lives? How do people view the world around them? Is it through these beautiful names, these, these noble and universal attributes? Or do they deviate in how they understand the world around them? And finally, the third part of this verse. And how amazing is it that all this is packed into just one verse of the Holy Quran? In this final part of the verse... There is a direct warning to the people of the prophet's time. So you will be repaid for what it is that you are doing. There will be some consequence after this worldly life. But to us, it is attaching this very great importance to these names of God. So we're told God has the most beautiful of names. Call Him, invoke Him, connect yourself to Him through these names And also, uh, separate yourself from those who abuse these names, or these attributes, or these ideas, or warp them for their own purposes. And then it tells us there is a great importance in this. Those people who abuse these attributes, these very important, essential attributes that you must now understand them to be. The people who abuse these attributes will face consequences, and so know that you must pay attention here. What an amazing verse. So this will form the basis of our conversation. God willing. So first let's just lay the foundation. Many of you of course know this. But for those who might not. Allah is the name. The namesake of this understanding. Of this universal. All encompassing force. Whatever it may be. Um, Allah is the name that we are provided. To understand him. To refer to him. But Allah gives us. In the Qur'an, 99 names or 99 attributes, ways to refer to Allah that can help describe to the human being what is or who is Allah, how should we understand Allah, where can we find Allah. So as we conclude this talk or or even during this talk, I encourage you to yourself look through the list of the 99 names of Allah. Pull up a list for your own reference, because as much as I wish this to be an open discussion, unfortunately the format of me talking quietly to myself into this microphone and hoping someone out there is listening doesn't necessarily allow for that back and forth or that open discussion. So know that this talk is composed of my own reflections with these ideas, with the Quran, thinking about these names and what they could possibly mean. And I hope that it will just start you on your own journey of thinking. What does God mean in this amazing verse chapter 7 verse 180 as we described earlier in the podcast So when I look at these this list of the 99 names of Allah we see that yes there are many many attributes Ways that God has provided us to understand the lengths of his power, the limitlessness of him, his invincibility, his might, his tremendousness. These names are a mercy in a sense, because they provide some way for the human to have some knowledge of the unknowable, and that is God, if that makes any sense. So for example, God is the first, God is the last. He is light. He is everlasting. He is the ruler. He is the almighty, the most exalted, the most worthy of praise and on and on and on. And so these attributes, these universal ideas that are embodied by the names of God, provide the humans an intellectual basis to think about God and to achieve some understanding of him. And this is something that every religion Uh, attempts to provide for the human but in islam these 99 names or in the holy quran more specifically these 99 names are one of the greatest points of access to god and so there's something that imam ali says in his amazing dua Kumel, in which he spends uh, many lines at the beginning of this dua uh, just invoking Allah saying, I ask you Allah by your many amazing attributes and names and and basically exalts Allah as you would expect Imam Ali to do as he always has done um, in this dua. And there is one particular line that has always stuck with me and always left me thinking, what really does this mean? What can I take away from this very deep essential piece of the dua that could be easily overlooked? He says Wabi asma'ik mala'at arkan shay. and by your names that have formed the foundations for all things. So in societies, societies throughout time, every society, Islamic, non-Islamic, atheist, uh, some sort of tribal society with some not clearly defined religion, wherever it may be, there exist these noble concepts. We all can come to the understanding that forgiveness, love, generosity, kindness, and so on and so forth, are noble universal concepts. So when Imam Ali says to God, you by your names, which fill the foundations of all things, it got me thinking, where is it that we find Allah? Yes, as Muslims, we understand God has created the heavens and earth. Everything we see before us has been created by God. God is as close to us as our jugular, as it is said in the Holy Quran. So yes, God can be found everywhere. But how can we truly see and feel and experience God? Well, I would argue that whenever you see an act of forgiveness, of generosity, of kindness, of goodness, and so on and so forth, well, will understand that... From God comes forgiveness. When we look at God's holy names, from God comes love. God is the originator of forgiveness, generosity, strength, goodness, knowledge. God is in every aspect. God has formed the foundations of all these attributes and aspects and these noble uh, purposes and ideas and acts and and experiences that form the world around us. And so all it really takes is for us to reevaluate, to think about these concepts in a critical way and to interact with them on a daily basis. I often like to invoke the idea of a society that has not interacted with the rest of the world. So these these examples can be found plentiful As you look into history, right before the time of the prophet, after the time of the prophet, undoubtedly there are areas in the world that the message of Islam as we understand it today, the Quran, stories of the prophet, and so on and so forth, there are places that these things have not reached. Even today, there are places in the world, very remote places, with human beings who have formed societies that have not interacted with Christianity Islam, Judaism or any other modern religion that we understand or as we understand it. But we know if we think critically and rationally about God and about how God exists in the world that there is no way that God has forsaken these people or that God has condemned these people and because they have not had the stories of Ibrahim and Musa and Isa and the prophet Muhammad and, or anything of that equivalent. We know these people still have access to their creator. And so when you go to these societies, you will not find a mosque or a synagogue or a church or a holy book. But I would argue that you would find forgiveness, generosity, majesty, sustenance, kindness, goodness between neighbors, and so on and so forth. And in these elements that are present in every human society... In these things you will find that God is present and God is always there, if only we know where to look and how to think about it. And so in closing, I wish when we think about for where God is, who God is, what God is, I wish for us to take a close re-examination. I wish for every Muslim to discard the, the, the idea that God can only be found in the mosque, on Hajj, during Ramadan, uh, among other Muslims, and so on in that direction. I wish for us to discard these ideas the same way that we have rightly discarded that other common notion that God is some human being and that we can understand God in the same way we understand other humans or that there is some old man with long white hair and a big bushy beard sitting on some chair and ruling. We've discarded this notion, but have we discarded the equally ridiculous idea that there are only specific and restricted and predefined Pathways to Allah that can only be found in, like I said, the mosque, the synagogue, the church, the Hajj, uh, Mecca, Medina. No, God can be found everywhere, but we must look deep within and then look at the signs that have been provided on the outside. And that can be found anywhere. Go to the remote tribe in the Amazon or wherever you may find it. And I promise you that there you will find Allah. And you will see that Allah forms, as Imam Ali says, the foundation of all things. The last thing I want to think about before I bring my ramblings to an end, and hopefully you can go off and have a much more uh, deep and reflective uh, interaction with these ideas, God willing, The last thing I want to talk about is the idea of those who abuse or deviate from the names of Allah. Now this can't just mean those who uh, change the names of God as they once did in the time of Prophet or those who mispronounce or misunderstand the names of Allah because undoubtedly Of the 8 million or so people on this earth, how many truly know or have come across the 99 names of Allah? Certainly not everybody, so this cannot be what it means. But think of the example, and this exists in every society Muslim and non-Muslim, think of the example of those who engage in what looks like forgiveness, those who engage in supposed beneficence, meaning giving generosity, those who seem to show mercy, who seem to show goodness but that it is only on the surface. When these people perform these acts, is this an example of Allah? Or is this what Allah means when he says, those who deviate from or abuse my names? You see, I believe we can find Allah in these ideas But it is these sincere ideas in service of something greater than oneself. And so to the Muslim, we understand that to be Allah, but to somebody else, maybe they are forgiving or kind or merciful because they believe that all human life is connected, that they believe there is light or goodness inside of everyone. And so everyone is afforded these great, noble, universal attributes. See, these people are truly engaging with these names of Allah for a sincere and true purpose. But think about the one who engages in these these showings of faith, so to speak, but for all the wrong purposes. And so I will leave you with these questions and thoughts and ideas with the hope that it will inspire some greater discussion among you, your families, your communities, than the ramblings of one man into this singular microphone can provide. As always, thank you for listening, and may God bless the Holy Prophet and his family, peace be upon them, and may God bless every true believer who strives to do good deeds, establish charity and prayer, and engages in these things only but for their love of Allah the Almighty, the Beneficent, the Merciful. Thank you again, and don't forget to subscribe and share for more content.